You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. Hey, hey, hey. I'm solo today. That rhymed, if I may say. (laughs) I am going to stay in my seat and enjoy the ray of sunshine that is coming through my window and I can't think of anything else to rhyme. Hi, everybody. Yes, I'm alone. Uh, the past couple weeks have been solo with me and I hope you enjoyed episode 43 with my friend Judy Peterson. According to the numbers I'm looking at right now, a good portion of you have listened to it right away. Just so you guys know, I mean, it's always curious. I'm always curious. Um, like Our average audience size, I say, is about 500 people. Uh, our, like, our largest podcast that was rated was from Matt Nightingale, episode nine has almost a thousand listens. It's just like 30 listens short of a thousand. So share that one. Shout out to you, Matt Nightingale, who's been our most frequented guest. And uh, Judy Peterson's last week is almost at 400. And so I, I can look at the numbers and say, well, our average audience size is about 500 people. Uh, sometimes the first week we get about a couple hundred the first week. So thank you to our rider dies, the couple hundred people that listen to it like week one when it comes out. I love that. It's super cool. And I love hearing from people and all the reposting and sharings that you all do. I really appreciate this. This is episode 44. I am recording this in our home studio, otherwise known as our dining room. My wife is at work today. It's a Monday when these usually come out. And uh, the next five weeks are going to be pretty full for me because we've got the Brave Maker Film Festival rolling out. We've got a film screening at the Fox Theater on April 30th with a filmmaker from New York City. The film's called The Sentence. I'm really stoked to hang out with this filmmaker and hear about his... um, He basically became a filmmaker out of necessity to help his sister who was arrested and incarcerated for crazy amounts of time and left her three daughters And he was just a part of trying to get her sentence um, decreased. So if you're free in Redwood City, the tickets are free. You can go to bravemaker.org for those free tickets. But today I'm going to do just a little solo, what am I going to call it, a riff? Thinking about, um, just sharing about some things I've been thinking about lately. Uh, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but I just saw endgame avengers endgame last night and all week i had been thinking about how i villainized people how you know someone might harm me or do something to tick me off i had an experience i was uh running a an event for our city called steam fest and steam stands for science technology uh engineering art Oh my gosh, I can't even remember what technology um, is the T. What does the R stand for? Oh my gosh, I got to Google that because I cannot remember what it stands for. Uh, Anyways, I was doing this event downtown and my role was to organize the stage, basically be the MC and help all of the people get on and off the stage, right? So there was about, I don't know, eight to 10 acts that were coming up like one every 15 or 20 minutes. And I had to welcome them, introduce them, get them on and off the stage, keep the crowd entertained. I kind of like have the spiritual gift of being an MC. I don't know what, what that's about, but I, I do. <laughs> uh, 
And most people are really great. Most artists are usually pretty great to to deal with and to work for, uh, work with, right? Oh, STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. Wait, why did I think there was an R? Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so tired. It's probably because I went to bed at one o'clock in the morning because I saw the three-hour end game last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that more in a second. Back to villainizing people. So I'm doing the connections. I'm, you know, having a blast. I had a booth there for Brave Maker. We actually had uh, our red carpet up and we had people taking selfies and pictures on the red carpet with our step and repeat with Avengers masks. It was just a great, great time. You can go to my Facebook page to see, or my Insta, to see some recap uh, stuff from that. But there was a, a band that was, it was a, a school band, like a middle school band. And I'm not going to name names because I don't want to do that because I'm, I'm trying to learn and be teachable here. But the band or the group beforehand had been like maybe a minute late. That's not too bad, right? I'm supposed to be up there. I give them a five-minute signal, two-minute signal, and then I kind of stand and hover <laughs> over them if uh, they're going over so they know they have to get down because if they take up too much time, the next act has to suffer, and that's not cool. So it was like one minute off. Great, cool. The next um, group is coming up, and it's a and it's a band, an elementary school band. And I say to the director, "Hey, I'm late. let me help you. You know, not what I needed to do. Like, what can I do to expedite it? I want you guys to make sure you're on time and you get all the time that you need." And so I helped him set up chairs. Again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I was just trying to help because I wanted them and I wanted the the day to run smooth. Like I think that's an important part of, you know, doing production is staying on schedule as best you can. So I am helping, I'm, you know, setting things up and blah, 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 all this stuff. And uh, he, the, the director of this band was just kind of being short and not very appreciative. I'm like, okay, that's fine. He's, you know, he's in a different world. He's trying to get his, his mind focused on this thing and he's trying to do what he needs to do. Cool. So they get on there like right, um, uh, almost on time. Okay. So I'm, uh, it's like nine minutes to go. I'm setting him up. It's like five minutes to go. I'm like, give him the five minute warning. Okay, cool. You're going to be on in three minutes. He's like, all right. And then like when he's supposed to start, I don't see him kind of advocating for his group to get it together. I'm kind of going, okay. So one minute goes by. I'm like, all right, can you get started? He's like, yeah, I will. I will. will." He puts his hand up sort of on my face. I was like, okay. All right. He gets it. All right. All right. I don't want to rush him. So he starts maybe two or three minutes after he was supposed to. Not a big deal, right? Um, All right. So I'm just kind of watching as he ends, if I can help keep him on time or go only a minute over or whatever. So great thing is they do their set and it's like just one minute over their time. I'm like, oh, awesome. Okay, cool. So I go up there to grab the mic to like say, give it up for the band, blah, blah, blah. And the guy kind of ignores me as I'm grabbing the mic. And I see him like making his pages um, turn like he's going to do another one. And I just kind of ask. And there's about 30 students, like 30 students on instruments, like looking at him, waiting on him to do something, either stop or move on. And I say, oh, I like, I like whisper in front of the whole crowd. I'm trying to be quiet. Um, do you have another one? And he says, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't even make eye contact. And he just looks at his book. And I'm like, oh, dude. I'm like, oh, well, you, you can't. This has to be the end. He's like, then why'd you ask me? Like in front of everyone with this like demeaning tone of voice. And I just looked at it and I said, hey, I'm not trying to be distract- disrespectful. But he's like, we're going to do one more. The dude does one more. No joke. So I like back off with my head between my tail 
or my tail between my legs. What am I trying to say? Just uh, embarrassed and awkward. I back off the stage and like I'm kind of frustrated and feel lame and I'm getting a little heated. Like, oh, that guy, that was a jerk. He didn't have to do that and talk to me like that in front of all of his kids. Like, that's not a great example. You're supposed to be a teacher. You're a director of a student band. And this isn't, this is a middle school band. Did I say that? A middle school band. So I'm kind of stewing a little bit and going, hmm, okay, wondering how do I do this? How, what do I respond? Um, can I somehow salvage this situation uh, and also maybe conf- confront him in a graceful way? So it, it ends, and he's almost four or five minutes past his time. The other group, thankfully, the other group was only a three-person dance group. They didn't have to set up any chairs or any instruments. That was great. But I still had to get the stage clear so they could do their dancing stuff. And so afterward, he finished. I grabbed the mic. I got the crowd rousing for them, giving them a round of applause. Great, great, great. And then I just, you know, took the mic off. I said, we'll be up here in six minutes with our next act. And I, I pulled him aside. I said, hey, man, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I was just trying to do my job. He's like, whatever. No joke. Didn't make eye contact. Moves on. I said, well, let me help you clean up. And so I help him clean up. And he doesn't acknowledge me or say anything. And I was just so frustrated. Of course, then I want to do something about it. Like, do I complain? Go to the higher ups? How do I make this uh, happen? So I talked to the coordinator that I was working with. And um, turns out that this person has been challenging the past couple uh, years that they've done this event. And, you know, he's not been easy to work with, hasn't been responsive, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm like, okay, um, maybe we need to alert his principal, his higher ups, because if he's doing that, you know, numerous times in a row, and to me, in front of his students, maybe his students are suffering in some way. So I'm kind of stewing on this for a little bit. And then I feel convicted, like, okay, I don't know what's going on in this guy's life. I don't know what's going on in this guy's day. I don't know what's going on in this guy's world, but something is off and I'm making it personal and I need to let that go. And it it reminded me of how I often gravitate toward this idea around Judas and Jesus and just villains in general from my storytelling learning is that every villain in some way, thinks they're doing the right thing. Every person who's committing an act, like think of it like, like the heinous acts of adult Hitler, in some ways, demented as that is, they think they're doing something good and right. I'm not trying to rationalize it or justify it whatsoever, but it gets me to a different place when I think about how Jesus even treated Judas. Judas, do what you're going to do and do it quickly, right? Kiss, you know, he gets kissed on the cheek. He's betrayed with a kiss, And what we know from the history of Judas is that Judas felt immense regret and pain. How do we know that? Well, the guy took his life. And I remember when this hit me years ago, I had in some way this sort of epiphany of, what would I call it? Um, I mean, sympathy, empathy, uh, or a a recognition that maybe it wasn't as cut and dry as I thought it was. Maybe he wasn't as evil and destined to hell, as maybe people have, as they talk about Judas, maybe that's not really the case. I don't know. Uh, I like to think about God being a lot grace more graceful than we think God is. And so how can I transfer that onto the people who often I villainize? I do, I villainize people. I have people that I see in our community that I used to be in close relationship with that have caused me harm in some way. And my first thoughts are, ooh, like I just, I'm a grumbler. I'm like this person, that person, all that. I just start spewing in my mind 
these thoughts. And I'm trying to write those thoughts and recognize that person was going through a hard time when they committed a hurt against me, when they said something against me. And then really what is fueling those angers and those pains is is my own wounds, my own fears, right? So I think I was listening to another podcast today and I was thinking, oh, every pain we have also comes with this kind of uh, fuel of a fear. So when we're hurt, it instigates a fear, like a fear that we are unloved, a fear that we are unworthy, a fear that we are not valuable, a fear that we are unproductive. What are we afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of being um, forgotten, I'm afraid of not being included. I'm afraid of not being supported for who I am and for what I love. And if somebody does something against me, like this guy at the at the Steam Fest wasn't appreciating my work, what I was bringing to the system of trying to keep things on time, and that affects my identity, that affects my person. So I had to do a lot of kind of self-reflecting in my past year, as well as this little situation that happened on this past Saturday, that everything... Every person that has hurt me and everything I bring against them, it's way more complex than the surface. And I need to give people some grace. Uh, the greatest words ever uttered for me, I think, besides I love you from God, are, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's from the lips of Jesus as he's forgiving his own murderers. That is crazy. Jesus forgives his own murderers. So I wanted to offer that up to the holy canolers to our canolios, uh, whatever pains you're carrying today, whatever hurts, whatever people that just bristle you, whether it's your dad or a coworker or your neighbor or your kid or a total stranger who you have a really slight interaction with on an elevator, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I know that's really hard and I'm not advocating for us to be in great relationships with people that hurt us. In fact, some of the best things we need to do are distance ourselves, And that's a lot of what this past year has been recognizing. I need to distance myself from toxic people. There are toxic people in the church that have caused me so much pain, that have spewed so much garbage that I distance myself with, that I don't want to be in any relationship with them. If I see them, I will tell myself, because the first thoughts are <laughs> not kind, <laughs> in my mind, but my first thoughts after, or how about my second thoughts after the unkind thoughts are, Father, forgive her, Father, forgive him, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. They hurt me, they tarnished my reputation, they uh, spewed gossip and slander about me, but they didn't really know the extent of the pain that they were creating. They had something else going on. They had some of their own fears that they were responding out of. That's helped me so much. And I pray that that helps you. Life is sacred and life is strange. And I pray for our, our community, our people. This is this whole this podcast is a community of people. And I hope in some way it's inspiring you on your on your, your drive to work, on your jog, and uh, on your walk with your dog. God loves you, God is with you, God is for you, and I hope we can continue to do this together in some way. Cool. Talk soon. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.